This morning, Luke chapter 2. I'll tell you what, I was richly blessed in that last hour. I'm sure you were as well. And very stirred. What God at the end of the message, and may we never forget it. All right. You know, when we think of the story we just heard about the uh, little Garfield brought out, the fact that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so what word had she heard? And there was those three possibilities that he gave. And we looked at that uh, there in Exodus. Um, You know, she didn't just hear that in passing and never think about it again. There was something that occurred that allowed it to sink in. That's the concept uh, that I believe the Lord would have us consider in this hour. Now, Luke chapter 2, obviously, is a chapter that we consider uh, often in the Christmas season. And, of course, it is the But I want to look at a part of the passage, a statement that is actually uh, universal uh, throughout the year. And so let's uh, look at it. Uh, there are two verses I want us to, uh, to see initially here. Luke chapter 2, verse 19. He kept all these things and pondered them. In her heart. Then, if you jump down to verse 51, this is 12 years later, and at the end of the verse it says, But his mother, again referring to Mary, kept all these sayings in her heart. I want to speak on the concept of meditation treasures. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. And Lord, we ask you to continue to provoke us to faith. Lord, to bring us to that point where we are absolutely convinced by your spirit that what you say wins. And Lord, as the day and age grows dark around us, perhaps, may we be among those that you mention in Daniel. That know their God. Because you say, and they that know their God shall be valiant and do exploits. Oh, Lord, I pray. Nurture that kind of faith in our hearts, in our midst. May we not pass it off to someone else. But, Lord, we look to you to do the work in our hearts. Again, I plead the blood of Jesus. Would you protect us from the enemies, enemy and his attack in every way uh, to, uh, to keep us from allowing you to work. And so, Lord Jesus, we claim the victory you've already won. Manifest it once again. And may you be honored. May you be glorified, truly. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Obviously, we just came through the Christmas season. And uh, there are, for some, uh, times uh, uh, that uh, you remember back to former years where you think of something that happened during that time. Uh, for me, there was a, uh, a special memory that I have from 2009. Uh, I had just gone through uh, a very interesting uh, set of circumstances uh, that was rough water in the ministry. Uh, yes, there are times when it's rough water in the ministry. This is one of those times when it was rough water. And uh, so that's what had happened going into that Christmas season. Very distracting, very disturbing, very uh, uh, disquieting, and uh, so on. And uh, 
uh, a lot of different things uh, were happening. Uh, at the same time uh, that uh, that was happening, uh, my wife was uh, expecting a little girl at that time, and that's when uh, we had just found out that there were issues and that uh, it looked like the little girl would not make it, which is what happened. And so all of that was uh, occurring at the same time. And uh, uh, that Christmas day, my son, John Jr., he's now 11, so this is going back four years, uh, when he was seven, uh, he, uh, he gave me a, uh, uh, a coffee mug. Now, the issue here is not the mug. The issue is his excitement and my opening that and his waiting to see if I was pleased. <laughs> and then my wife took a picture that captured the emotion of the moment. And you can actually see on his face his delight. Because uh, I really did like it because I do like coffee. But uh, I liked it because it came from him and that he was delighted. And all of this is just kind of captured in that particular scene. It's one of those special memories. Uh, this uh, uh, couple of weeks uh, ago, my son uh, and I were watching some of our family videos. Now, family videos are great because nobody else wants to see them, but you do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure they could uh, bore anybody else. But I'm telling you, we were glued. And uh, you're watching, you know, when he's this age and uh, when he's this age and so on, and, and all, all these memories come flooding back. Special memories. The memories that are such that you can tell them years later, like I'm doing right now. Um, they're just etched there. You know, every mother can, uh, uh, can give a little, little stories of the special little things that their children said or did that uh, uh, were just uh, uh, quaint and, and cute and, and those kinds of things. I'm sure uh, uh, you could uh, tell your stories. My wife has written a number of things down uh, that John Jr. has done and said over the years, so she's got a catalog of it. Uh, but one of the things that's just etched in my mind that I, I can remember without looking at any record is that when John Jr. first learned to say sentences, uh, uh, it was at that time in his life, and, uh, uh, you know, if he were to sneeze or if Marilyn were to sneeze or something, I would say, bless you. Well, we were driving down the road and John Jr. sneezed. He's sitting in his little car seat in the back seat of our pickup truck and he sneezed. And uh, I don't know why, but my wife and I were distracted enough. Nobody said, bless you. So he said, bless me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that for me is just etched into my mind. There were some things that were etched into Mary's mind. Into her heart. Now look again at verse 19. It says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 51, but his mother kept all these things. Now the two words translated kept are two different words. In verse 19, the word kept literally means treasured. <laughs> But Mary treasured these things. It's that idea of to just treasure up in your memory. There are things that you have treasured up in your memory. Okay, this is what it's referring to here. Well, she keeps them in mind. She's treasured them. And then when it says things, that is the plural of the word rhema. Now, Brother Barfield uh, quoted, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word translated word is the word rhema. Now, there's two Greek words that could be used. One's logos, that's the larger word, often referring to the entire word of God. The other's rhema, that's a specific word, a statement, a specific phrase. You see, 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the specific word of God. And it says here that Mary treasured all these rhemas. And then it says that she pondered them. So she treasured these words. And then she pondered them, which means she considered them. Uh, it means to reflect upon and place together for comparison. And so she's hearing certain sayings, certain words, and she's, she's treasuring them, and she's comparing them, she's pondering, she's meditating. Then, 12 years later, we read verse 51, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Here the word kept, a different word means to guard, uh, to keep or uh, continually or carefully, to guard safely. But uh, again, when it says these sayings, that's the plural of rhema. She guarded these rhemas in her heart. She meditated on what she treasured. And may we learn by God's grace the art of meditating on God's treasures because that is the foundation for faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now what's involved? I want us to consider this morning three treasures to ponder. First is the obvious. God's words. Treasure God's words. Now, in verse 19 when it says, Mary treasured these sayings uh, and then pondered them and compared them. That means it's more than one uh, uh, thing. What is it all referring to? Well, let's back up to the beginning of the story. In Luke chapter 1, if you go to verse 26, it says, And in the sixth month, that's of a lady by the name of Elizabeth, her cousin, it's referring to the pregnancy of John the Baptist. Uh, that's the sixth month that's being referred to there. It says, The angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. So here's Mary. To a virgin espoused, a betrothed, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. Okay, so these are words. These are these saints. Uh, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. What a statement. What a rhema. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him she was troubled at a saint. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her fear not Mary. For thou hast found. Now notice this rhema. Favor with God, wow, what a statement. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. You talk about words. <laughs> These are mighty words that she's uh, hearing. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Ah, oh, tremendous words. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man, since I'm not married? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And uh, behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is... 
the sixth month of her who was called barren. Now notice verse 37. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And the word nothing literally is for with God no rhema shall be impossible. So she's hearing these words from God through the angel Gabriel. God's words. Powerful words uh, that are telling her that she's uh, highly favored, that the Lord is with her, that she's blessed, and that uh, that she's going to bear a child there to call his name Jesus, and he's going to rule, and of his kingdom there shall be no end, and that this is going to happen because the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, is going to come upon her, and uh, uh, this will not be from a human father. It will be from the Holy Spirit. And uh, the angel says, look, Your cousin, which was past the age of childbearing. She'd already gone through what's sometimes called uh, the change of life. (laughs) And uh, my wife said when she had John Jr., that was her first change of life. But at any rate, uh, 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 this woman had gone past the age of childbearing. And now she's pregnant. And the angel says to, uh, to Mary, look, all these sayings that may seem humanly impossible, you just remember with God, no rhema. Is impossible. In other words, what God says wins. There it is. Now, go to chapter 2 and verse 6, because there's some more things she pondered. It says, And so it was uh, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, good news, gospel of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass when the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now, I mean right now, go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the same. The words of God to the angels that was told them concerning this child. Concerning the fact that he's the Savior. And all they which heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, now here it is, treasured all these ramas, these words from God. And she pondered them, she compared them, she thought it over, she meditated on it. In her heart. Fascinating. Then you jump 12 years to verse 40. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And this is the story where uh, they uh, uh, go uh, to Jerusalem for the Passover. And uh, he's 12 years old. And, and then when it's time to leave, they leave. And they think he's with one of the relatives. And, and as they journey along, they figure out, hey, wait a second, Jesus is not here. And so they go back and they find him sitting there in the temple uh, uh, talking uh, with the, uh, the scribes and uh, those that were there. And you remember in verse 48, Mary confronts him. And says, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, now here's the first words recorded in the Bible of Jesus. How is it that she sought me? (laughs) 
Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept. She guarded safely all these sayings in her heart. You know, it's no accident that 18 years after this, when Jesus is 30 and has entered his full-time ministry, past the Luke 4 passage that Brother Barfield brought to our attention, uh, but not much past it. It's in the, John, uh, the, uh, the account in John's Gospel where there is the uh, wedding, a feast at Cana, and they run out of the beverage... And she comes to Jesus and implies, you know, you could do something about this. (laughs) And his response uh, doesn't come out and say that he's going to do it. But she has so pondered what God has said about him. That she says to the other people there, whatever he says to you, do it. You see, faith. This is Mary exercising faith so that the first recorded miracle could occur in the life of Christ's ministry. And the reason she could exercise that faith is that she had treasured, she had meditated, she had pondered, she had kept these things. She had allowed the Spirit of God to cultivate faith in her heart because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So there it is. And you know it's fascinating to me that three years after that, when we come to the crucifixion, most of the disciples of Jesus had fled. There was just a handful of people of his followers that were at the cross. There was the disciple John, and there were ladies, and one of them was Mary. And I'm sure that she sorrowed in the human sense But there is no indication from the text that she was falling apart. For she had pondered these things. She had thought over this. She knew that Jesus was and is the Savior. No wonder Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. These are tremendous words. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth her fruit in its season. And its leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And all of that prosperity and spiritual blessing is tied to meditation on words. God's words, treasuring them, pondering them, putting it together, allowing the Spirit of God to cultivate faith. The word meditate means self-talk. It's used of a dove. The cooing of a dove. The same word is used of the groaning of a man. It literally means to whisper over and over. You see, when God speaks words to your heart, don't just think, oh wow, God stirred me and walk out and forget about it. (laughs) No, meditate. Chew on it. 
Turn it over and over. Compare it to this and this and this. Let God nurture faith in your heart. That's how it works. If we are a faithless people, part of the problem is we don't meditate. We're busy with the noise and the movement and the action of the world. But this is a vital truth. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid. You know the word hid literally means treasured. There's the same thought. Thy word have I treasured in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against thee. There are people who memorize the Bible who sin against God. But when they treasure the Bible, they access the power behind the words. There's a difference. Thy word have I treasured in my heart. I've savored it. That's the idea that the psalmist is giving us. I think of my dear grandmother. Been with the Lord many years now. But what a, what a remarkable, simple, childlike faith. And what Brother Barfield was talking about. Uh, uh, she had that look to God response to whatever happened. No, this is no big deal. God's bigger than this. Uh, and I remember as a little boy uh, being in the situations where she would pray. And I would peek. <laughs> uh, because I, I, I just was fascinated watching her. That little face was upturned. And she's looking straight into heaven. She's looking at God. And the tears would roll. And she would often quote these words. From Jeremiah 32 and 33. God. You've made the heavens and the earth. There's nothing too hard for you. And you've told us to call unto you. And I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. So God, we're doing it. <laughs> you know, she had treasured those words. That they were the foundation of faith for many a modern day miracle. Including the healing of a leper. Treasuring words. Treasuring them. Back in 2009 when these things were happening, rough water in the ministry and the issue with uh, uh, my wife's pregnancy and all that. There was a passage of scripture that had spoken to our hearts that time, that uh, period of months. And it's Zephaniah 3.17 which says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee. Is mighty. And so for Christmas that year. I, uh, I had a guy in Greenville that I knew of. That uh, was kind of famous for his calligraphy. And um, I ordered. Uh, you, could, you could call in an order. And I said could you do Zephaniah 317. Just, just the first part of the verse. And I told him which words. And. Uh, do it just beautifully in your calligraphy and so forth and so on. And we'll get it framed. And, and uh, so he did a beautiful job of it. Highlighting the key words with the colors and just the beautiful calligraphy. And done with a large enough print that you could read it clearly and, and so forth. And it uh, had it all wrapped up for Mary Lynn. And it's one of the very few times when I actually surprised her. She's hard to surprise. <laughs> but this was one of those rare moments. And... Uh, I remember when she opened it and saw those words, the tears just burst out of her eyes. 
because of they were precious. And you know, we hung that in our fifth wheel trailer, which we're in most of the time, right above the kitchen sink. <laughs> so she could see it all the time. Well, it just so happens that that's right in the line of vision of my rocking chair where I work. <laughs> Isn't that neat? You get to work in a rocking chair. <laughs> um, I cannot tell you over these four years the number of times we're not even necessarily trying to go look over there, but in the midst of some dilemma, some need, some situation, and looking up and God speaking those words. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Precious words. So first of all, treasure God's words. But as we read these accounts, there's something else she treasured. That is God's providences. It's still God. And it's his words in a different way, in a certain sense. It's obviously not the written word. But we are to be blessed and helped and to ponder God's providences. When Mary kept when she treasured all these things these sayings and pondered them in her heart the sayings came in her case through providences and there's a lot that happened there obviously the angel and uh, Gabriel actually speaking to her you know and then the shepherds and their story about the angels speaking to them and in their case it wasn't just one it was a multitude and then the event of Christ in the temple and they're, they're leaving him um, not knowing that thinking he's with the crowd and then figuring it out and going back and finding him and you've got all these providences of God that she ponders and she compares and puts them together with the words of God so that in John 2 she could have faith for that first recorded miracle of turning the water into wine the beverage. And uh, you think of the Apostle Paul. Where the Spirit of God forbade him to go into Bithynia and, and Asia. And then uh, he has this dream. And in the dream uh, there's this vision. Uh, where the, the guy in Macedonia says come over and help us. And so what he has to do is connect the dots. And it says that he ascertained assuredly. <laughs> That they were to go into Macedonia. And they did. And of course it was a rich harvest. So. He already had the great commission. He had those words. But now he has the providences of God as well. And words and providence combined. He puts two and two together. And ascertains the leadership of God for his life. I fear sometimes. If we're not careful. I know it's happened in my own life. That we miss out on the providences of God. And we call it coincidence. We miss it. We just miss it. I remember years ago I was with David Ennis who pastors the Hamilton Square Baptist Church in San Francisco, California. And we were driving along, several of us in his car talking. And uh, I used the word fortunately. And was kindly reproved. <laughs> he said as a Christian, there's no such thing as fortune. <laughs> we're not left to fate. <laughs> We've got God at work. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> But you know he's right. In some of these providences, circumstances, we don't like. 
Well, couldn't have any better illustration than one Brother Barfield just gave us about the girl over in Syria taken captive. But you know, she kept her eyes on God. And she put it all together. <laughs> and uh, combined the words of God with the providences of God and was used of God to see a mighty miracle in that day. Don't miss out on it. Don't miss what God's doing. Here's a remarkable indication of the providence of God. Uh, in reading this account, I put two and two together. I think it's mid-1970s when this occurred. A brand new pastor and his wife, newly uh, uh, took on the pastorate of a, uh, a church. They were really reopening a church in Brooklyn, New York City. It was October of whatever year that was in the mid-1970s. Maybe 75-ish, uh, I'm guessing. And when they got there, the building was so run down, uh, they couldn't even meet. And so they, they, uh, they saw that they were going to have to do a lot of work, weeks worth of work, before they could have their first service to reopen this uh, church uh, building. And so uh, they looked at the calendar. It was October. They thought, okay, we could do this, and we could open on Christmas Eve. Wow, that would really be cool. And so uh, that was their goal. And they were working hard, and things were going well, and repairing the pews, plastering the walls, painting, and all that kind of thing. And by December the 18th, they were ahead of schedule. They were just about finished. And then on the 19th, a storm hit New York City. And <laughs> New York City gets hit a lot. And it was a terrible tempest, a driving rainstorm uh, that lasted for two days. So on the 21st of December, the pastor went back over to the church building and his heart sank when he came into the auditorium and uh, uh, he noticed that the roof had leaked and it caused a large area of plaster, about 20 feet by 8 feet, that's a large area, to fall off the front wall of the auditorium just behind the pulpit, a, a terrible eyesore and he thought oh my and he cleaned up the mess on the floor then not knowing what else to do but thinking well I'll just have to postpone the, the start of the church uh, it, it won't work out for Christmas Eve but on his way home he noticed a local business was having a flea market type sale for charity so he stopped in and as he was looking around uh, he noticed a beautiful handmade ivory colored a crocheted tablecloth with exquisite uh, work fine colors and a cross embroidered right in the center. And he got to looking at the dimensions of that. That could cover up that hole. <laughs> so he bought it. Just the right size. He heads back to the church. And as he's pulling up uh, there to the front of the church building there in Brooklyn. Uh, it had started to snow. And he noticed an older lady uh, running down the sidewalk trying to catch a bus. And she missed the bus. Well, the next one wasn't going to come for 45 minutes and it's terrible weather. And he said, well, if you'd like, you can come in the building here and, and stay warm till the next bus comes by. So she came in, sat down and didn't really talk or anything, paid no attention to him. He got his ladder out and got some uh, uh, hangers and, and uh, started uh, putting up that tablecloth as a wall tapestry. And he stepped back and he looked at it and said, wow, this is beautiful. It covers up the hole. It's, it's nicer than the wall. You know, he's, he's, he's looking at this and... Then he noticed the lady strangely coming down the aisle and uh, her face was white as a sheet and uh, she said, Pastor, where did you get that tablecloth? And so he explained and she said, would you please check the right hand bottom corner? 
And tell me if the initials E, B, G are there. Crocheted into it. They were. These were the initials of this woman. She had made that tablecloth 35 years earlier in Austria. She could hardly believe it. And uh, especially as the pastor told her how he had just gotten the tablecloth. And she explained that before the war, she and her husband were well-to-do people in Austria. But when the Nazis came in, they were forced to leave. And her husband was going to follow her the next week. But she was captured, sent to prison, and never saw her husband or her home again. Well, the pastor feeling for the lady, I said, well, you need to take this. And uh, uh, she said, no, 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 I want you to keep it for the church. And he said, well, the least I could do is, you know, drive you home. Where do you live? And she lived on Staten Island. She was only there in Brooklyn for the day for a house cleaning job. And so he drove her the distance, and that would be a fair distance over to Staten Island. Well, they had their New Year's Eve service. It was a wonderful service. They had a good crowd. Or excuse me, Christmas Eve service. And a wonderful spirit. Uh, it was great. And the service ended. And uh, people, uh, the pastor and his wife were greeting people. And many were saying that they would return. Uh, they wanted to come back to this new church. And so their hearts were encouraged. And then he noticed a man that, uh, that he recognized from the neighborhood. Still seated toward the front. And he's wondering why the man wasn't leaving. And the man in awe said to him, Where did you get that tablecloth because it was identical to the one his wife had made 35 years earlier they lived in Austria before the war how could there be two tablecloths so much alike and he told the pastor how the Nazis came and he was forced to, uh, to flee for safety and he sent his wife on ahead of him and he was supposed to follow but he was arrested taken to prison He had never seen his wife or his home again all those 35 years. The pastor asked him if he would allow him to take him for a little ride. He drove this man to Staten Island. To the same house where he had dropped off the woman three days earlier. He helped this older gentleman climb the three flights of stairs to this woman's apartment. Knocked on the door And then I witnessed the greatest reunion he could ever imagine. Now think of the providences of God in this story. This pastor coming to this church to reopen it. The choosing of Christmas Eve. The fixing of things. Then the storm. What looked like a terrible thing. But then finding this tablecloth. And then coming and here's a lady who misses her bus. That seems like a bad thing. And he invites her into the building. And she observes this tablecloth. The conversation. And then the man. And the service. And then he sees it. And the fact that the pastor had taken her home. He knew where she lived. I mean just all these providences of God. Friends we've got to remember. God is God. And stop just taking things for granted. And missing out on all that he's showing us. Through his words. And through his providences. We are to treasure them. Meditate on them. 
put them together. Allow the Spirit of God to lead us and nurture faith in our hearts. And that brings us to the third treasure, and that's God's Spirit. Inherent in the first two of God's words and God's providences, we must then listen to the Spirit's witness because He's implied in the words of God. It's not just the words. It's when the Spirit of God speaks them to your heart. And it's not just the providences. It's looking to Him uh, to lead you, to help you put two and two together. In other words... This is where the meditation comes into play. And you know what that means? You've got to be still. God speaks to us when we're still. And not just still, but listening, expecting Him to speak. It's called faith. In other words... We have to take time to ponder what God has stirred us with. I'm going to tell you something. I got stirred this morning. But you know I'll lose it all if I don't go ponder it. You see, God wants us to stop from time to time. Stop everything. And be still. And listen. You see, there are times when you've got to leave that handheld device on the table. And listen to God. Now friends, in our culture and in our day, this is crucial. Because a lot of times, first thing we do after service is over is check our phone, check our messages, check our whatever, whatever, whatever. Now, obviously, those things can be used for great good. But I'm going to tell you something. We've got to make sure that they are kept in their place. So that we can keep what's more important in our heart. And treasure God's words. His providences by His Spirit. As we be still and trust. And listen and then trust and obey. May we learn the art of meditating on God's treasures. Let's pray. Blessed Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the one who takes words and lifts them off the page and speaks them to our hearts. And you are the one that masterfully, as the master chess players, working providences, weaving them into the fabric of our revival journey. Now, Lord, may we not miss out. May we learn what Mary did. The art of meditation treasures. To actually treasure your words and your providences and allow you to so nurture faith in our hearts that like the little girl in the story of the Old Testament or like Mary in the New Testament, Faith will be built so that your miracles can be displayed. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.